listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Maternal Rx podcast on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle Plummer. I am a pharmacist and certified doula who's worn many hats in the pharmacy area. And each place where I work, there are pregnant women who need help. So this series is created to empower pharmacists to use their knowledge to improve maternal health, which now constitutes a public health crisis. Did you know the United States has the highest maternal morbidity, morbidity and mortality rates compared to other developed countries? Pregnant women often fall into a hole in health care, juggling between providers from psychiatrists to obstetricians, maybe midwives to your pharmacy and many other healthcare providers, especially during the antipartum time. And pharmacists are perfectly aligned to fill this gap. Listen to each episode to hear about the exciting and innovative ways our colleagues have stepped up to this space. Everything that I do say in this podcast is strictly my own opinions and not a reflection of any company where I work or volunteer. Today's guest is Dr. Marina Buxov. She's a functional medicine pharmacist, a doctor of pharmacy, mental fitness and health coach, herbal educator, and lifelong learner of the healing arts. She's creator of Build Your Holistic Herbal Practice course, mentoring other healthcare professionals in clinical herbal, as well as business skills. She's also a functional medicine pharmacist as part of Farm to Table telehealth platform and the host of the Holistic Pharmacy podcast. Marina guides practitioners to rediscover their passion for medicine by expanding their mind and clinical skills to include natural, holistic, alternative, and herbal medicine from which conventional pharmacy practice originated. She believes in honoring plants as food and medicine for sustainable and sovereign health. When she's not working or studying, Marina likes to dance, paint, and tinker with various concoctions like tea blends, meals, and do-it-yourself projects. She lives with her husband, two adorable kiddos, and two mischievous kitties in New York City. And I will have in the show notes how you can connect with her. Marina, please, um, what did I miss? You are in such a unique space, and I'm really excited to hear about it. Thank you so much, Danielle. I'm so excited to be here. So, I know we met a long time ago because you had me as a guest on your podcast talking about my passion and specialty hyperemesis gravidarum. And what's so interesting is there are no FDA approved medications for this. Women who become pregnant, and I'm going to generalize, do not want to take pharmaceutical products. They are scared. If you Google anything, you will be scared. And we want optimal nutrition where your specialty is goes back through millennium, right? We have just histories of using herbs. And as you said in your intro, this is where our pharmaceutical products that we use today come from. So tell us, how would a woman who's considering becoming pregnant, going to try to become pregnant, what's something that they can do from an herbalist or more holistic natural perspective to get strong and healthy prior to pregnancy? 
Yeah, Danielle, one thing that I did miss, and that was my fault, I didn't include in my bio, um, I'm also part of RPH Ally, which is a professional networking online. Um, and we have a lot of resources that we share and trainings we offer to pharmacists and pharmacy technicians. And we just had a summit slash online soiree where I really dove into how herbalism is what I believe the missing key piece that nobody's talking about, but it has been important, like you said, for millennia, as far as a backbone and foundation of health, both from a dietary perspective, as well as a healing and medicinal application. And we're kind of right now relying on all these systems for our individual health. But what is what COVID has shown us is that it's not enough, right? Like, it's great that we have those systems, but they should really be a safety net because there's a lot of hoops and layers to jump through to get access to care and specifically to prepare for, to go through pregnancy and then postpartum, I feel like is really not talked about. So on our PHLI at the soiree, I talked about how herbalism is more important now than ever before, in my opinion, because of that sustainability piece. It's our regenerative resource. It's always going to be there. Even if we as a species won't be here anymore, nature will find a way to persevere and plants and mushrooms and all of these wonderful other kingdoms that coexist now symbiotically with us and to us, they're not subservient to us. We're all in an ecosystem, but we can tap into this amazing regenerative resource for our daily needs and create more of a symbiosis versus us right now. I see us as the parasite in the room, in the space. And um, how can this apply to what, what we start to think about as fertility and preparing for pregnancy is really evaluating this macrocosm and this microcosm that goes on where the macro is what I just talked about, how we're all here on earth in this container, we're all breathing the same air. So really looking outside of how are we, you know, what are we relying on? How to clean up our environment, both like in our home and just in general, like looking to the industries and having some advocacy there to, to make sure that we're living all of us in a healthier environment. Because unless we have a healthy environment, it's impossible to ask our bodies to produce healthy cells, which would then allow for healthy fertility and healthy fetus development and then a healthy pregnancy and, and all of those downstream effects. So it really starts, in my opinion, large scale. And of course, that is um, multifaceted and it's impossible to have a simple answer to. But just starting to think about it and be aware, I think, is a good idea. And then the microcosm is like what is going on inside our body, right? Like it's a whole world of, a you know, a whole bunch of different types of organisms, too. It's not just the human cells. We're host to a huge microbiome, which includes things like bacteria and even some fungus and, and even some viruses, too. And all of this makes up our terrain. And that's really the herbal and holistic perspective where we should be contributing to the health 
and the best possible functionality of our cells, including all those other cells um, that really contribute to all of our biophysiological complex processes. And it's not going to be an easy pill. I wish it were. And I think, you know, we have all the good intentions of our pharmaceutical industry and medical industry for it to be as easy as possible. But unfortunately, I think it is much more complex and we have to start at our external environment and our internal environment and really understand how do we keep a healthy system versus how do we treat disease? So that's where I think it starts. Absolutely. Right. And that's the very, well, I say big, broad picture. Is there anything, say, a retail pharmacist can do to recommend, say, I, again, I'm throwing this is out from left field. This is not my specialty. Maybe someday soon. Um, something like probiotics. Would that be, you know, it's, again, very broad. I see conflicting studies. Is there something that what in the pharmacy is there as a, a profession? Can we say, hey, if you have somebody, you know, is trying to get pregnant, they're trying to clean up their gut, decrease their inflammation. They want to have a be safe and healthy and strong going into the pregnancy. Do you have any recommendations or is it just a bigger picture and very individualized? Yeah, I'll definitely speak to that. So first of all, if somebody is thinking of becoming pregnant and they have the opportunity of planning for it, right? Like if it's not just, you know, a, a surprise or something that wasn't planned. So if we have that opportunity, we really need to start actually paying attention to the health of our body way before we're trying to conceive in order to build up that vitality and that energy and that strength that you're talking about. So really anywhere from three months to a year could be a really good window of, of a time frame when you can focus on building the healthiest body that you can, which like you mentioned, does start in the gut, which is why I mentioned the microbiome earlier. We're discovering that this is at the root cause of so many things in our body. And even though the gut is like a hollow tube that you think actually the inside of this tube doesn't ever get in contact with the rest of our body, it's actually this amazing hub that does get involved in so many of our systems, including our immunity, our inflammatory processes, including longevity, including pregnancy and fertility. So it touches on our stress and our thyroid and all of our hormones and our immunity is also connected to our autoimmunity or allergies. And so it's got, and even cancer, right? So Everything really does. And there's a famous quote, right, by Hippocrates that all disease begins in the gut. So I think it really is a good area to start. And it's something that we do have a lot of control over how we interact with our food, what food we get. Um, and again, we depend on like a lot of systems too for our food, but we can really start here and have um, more control over what type of food we buy how we cook it, how we consume it, um, getting to know who grows our food, um, you know, going to a farmer's market or getting into a crop share alliance. So that's something that on a fundamental level, you have to feed yourself right anyway. So this is something that you can start making little incremental changes to what type of food you eat. And the more diverse your specifically vegetable uh, intake and content, like 
if you can try a new vegetable every week or more than one new vegetable every week, that's already a really great starting point for improving the microbiome as far as offering a diverse prebiotic source. And then um, for probiotics, you can include things like fermenting your food or buying fermented foods. And of course, if you want a more quote unquote easier uh, solution, yes, there are definitely lots of probiotic supplements, which is where the pharmacist can come in. Um, they could recommend what is the data available on which species. And again, I'm a proponent of rotating and diversifying the species more even so than the content of the colony forming units, for example, though that is also important because um, our gut is supposed to kill off bacteria. That's how it's designed to help us keep unwanted bacteria out. So the question becomes like, how do we make them survive um, down in our acidic environment of the stomach and proceed to the large intestine where they belong, not get stuck in the small intestine? So um, it's a little bit complex, but I think um, there are plenty of studies already supporting probiotics and mainstream should really be starting to take a look at that. And that's a really good place for anybody who's struggling with not only fertility, but any kind of digestive discomfort. Um, they could really start with the probiotic as a good um, first step towards health. And then your microbiome will also start um, a different cascade of events too in your body. And you might actually start to get a different craving, like say if you are always craving sugar, which could be a sign of yeast or another type of disbalance, once you um, help your microbiome and put better and uh, a different set of probiotics in there that actually start thriving, your habits and your cravings and what's going on is going to also shift as a result. So that's a great first step that a pharmacist could help with. And then the other side of the diet and the microbiome is also stress. Stress is the other huge, huge component that turns on all of our quote unquote bad genes, right? Um, the epigenetic component of stress and sleep. And so I think those are three key areas that a pharmacist or another practitioner can help with. And I would love to hear your opinion on prenatal vitamins. So where I specialize in pharmacogenetics and personalized medicine, the variations of how people methylate, you know, there's many of them. And those you don't want to end up with too much homocysteine, not enough L-methylfolate or on either end. Folic acid is a synthetic form. So yes, let's try to get it from our leafy greens, from other natural whole sources. What about the variety of prenatal vitamins? We're going to start, like you said, three to 12 months before trying to become pregnant. What would you recommend there that somebody would look for at a retail or how can retail pharmacists offer advice on how to choose from the plethora of manufacturers that are out there? Yeah, one thing I also want to mention is that both partners would ideally participate in this preconception phase where the health of both the egg and the sperm should be optimal for the best chances of conception and a healthy fetus and development. And so... Um, both partners can really be on this journey together to number one, um, what I usually start with is actually detoxifying. And then um, at the same time, you can also fortify the nutrition with either the food or the supplement piece. And sometimes it goes hand in hand because we need a lot of nutrients to detoxify. So you want to make sure that somebody's uh, not constipating, that they're avoiding well, 
they're having regular bowel movements. And that means one to three times a day, by the way. Um, and, uh, and you want to have that food fiber, right? From vegetables and from, if you're, if you can tolerate grains or other types of fibers. Um, and as far as a nice prenatal, um, what I look for, what I like is a food-based supplement. And like you said, staying away from the synthetic form of folic acid and really looking for methyl folate forms, methylated folate, um, and then the active forms of B vitamins. And again, not everybody needs those, but at least you know that you're covering your bases. If you don't want to get a genetic test and if you, um, you know, have an assumption or if you have an adverse reaction or something like that, or, or any kind of suspicion that you might be a slow methylator, it's just on the safe side. It's a little bit more expensive, but getting either a food-based multivitamin um, or I love powders as well. So if somebody tolerates powders, I find them to be much more bioavailable and able to absorb. So if you see that the folate is sourced from a food or an herb, I like that, um, or the B vitamins. And you can find um, one of nature's superfoods for all of the B vitamins and folate's B vitamin is liver. So if you're getting good quality, organic, pasture-raised chicken liver, for example, um, that would be a great source too. So you don't always have to just go to the pill form. You could have a lot of nutritious, uh, nutrient-dense foods. Incredible, because I think society has us trained to think we need that prenatal in a pill form and we can get all these nutrients, you know, patients that have had previous experiences with extreme vomiting during pregnancy, becoming malnourished, reach out to me and say, what can I do? What nutrients? And exactly. It's not just one pill that's going to solve all these problems, right? There's a, a lot of silly phrases and memes based on that because we've been so conditioned to think that we know folic acid or preferably folate, not the synthetic form, is so important for the development of the heart, the palate, right? Preventing teratogenetic effects from happening. But then there's so many, like you said, a combination of all these B vitamins, thiamine, I'm just now learning has so much importance. And if you're malnourished, within two weeks, you're going to be depleted of thiamine. So the B vitamins total Look for these other forms, great clinical pearls, clean up that diet. So now if our mom becomes pregnant, is super excited. In my case, I did not glow. I became green wide away, right away, very ill. There's so many different paths that everyone experiences through their pregnancy journey. When I see women who are suffering from pregnancy, I have to remind them it's a chapter in your life. Let's get you through this, you know, today, tomorrow, it'll go by weeks by months and you're going to have ideally hopefully a healthy baby marina you're a new mom you just went through this experience so what did you do during your pregnancy to prevent complications from happening later from again an herbalist perspective yeah so great point and i think what we touched on on our episode when i had you on my podcast is that the better and more nourished you are going into pregnancy which is why preconception is so important the better you will fare throughout pregnancy so it really does in my opinion and from an herbal perspective um, we want to support the mom. We want to support her nutrient status, which is why we give them, you know, the banana and the TPN sort of cocktails for severe um, hyperemesis gravidarum. So 
um, really, we want to make it a habit to build up not only her reserves, but her daily fresh, vital access to nutrients. Um, and what I found in both of my pregnancies, actually, is that I would crave fresh made food. I wouldn't want to make it myself. I would just want it to be ready. Um, and, and that's what worked for me. But my second pregnancy with my daughter, I was a lot more nauseous than with my firstborn. What I also loved was um, fresh made smoothies. I find that, you know, sip by sip, just like step by step, um, I was able to tolerate smoothies with lots of fresh ginger in there. And that's a great herb that you can add to all your cooking and it is safe during pregnancy. Um, now, ginger is helpful for um, anti-nausea because it has like a bitter component in there. And we say that anything bitter in terms of like a bitter vegetable, like arugula or something, and selecting foods that are more bitter are going to stimulate a more downward peristalsis. So with your digestion and also your um, your reflex, you know, with nausea and vomiting, it's going to actually bring it back down and calm it. So it some people say, you know, ginger is not enough for me, of course, and in severe cases, it's not, but that's why it goes back to, you know, the worse off you start, the worse off potentially this can get. And then it's a huge positive feedback loop where, you know, somebody needs nutrients, but they can't hold the nutrients down. So that's why it's so important to try as much as possible to get not just saltine crackers down, but as much nutrition that we can pack in um, as much as possible. And again, um, for, for me, it's also like listening to my body and my cravings. So I was craving fermented foods for some reason, you know, and they say like women have crazy cravings. Um, and sometimes we have salty cravings because salty is the flavor of minerals. So we want, we, our body naturally knows. Um, and, and if you have like a fermented drink or like sauerkraut that has some salt in there. So we're naturally craving things that are fermented and salty because we want to replenish our microbiome and we want those minerals and electrolytes from the salty flavor. Um, so I was also craving a lot of tomatoes. <laughs> so, you know, I say as long as your cravings are semi-healthy, just like go for it and, and get in to the wisdom of your body and what it's trying to do. And again, if like all you're reaching for is like salty French fries, then maybe try creative ways to meet that salty craving that's actually more healthy and not just, you know, something super unhealthy. Great advice. One of the ironies of hyperemesis gravidarum is that women crave sugary, salty, the most unhealthy things, all carbohydrates. So it's one of the advice I always give, and I've I've seen literature on this as well for women going through IVF, where if you can get a higher protein diet, and I'm not talking any of these extremes, but a little bit of protein into everything. And you mentioned shakes or smoothies, not shake smoothies, where if you can add protein powders into this, and there's so many varieties out there as far as what flavors, if you want to be vegan, or if you're okay with milk products, you have options now. They're available almost everywhere. Look for those clean ones, right, without the added ingredient. If you can't recognize something on the ingredient list, you probably don't want it. And sipping that, making it really cold early in the pregnancy definitely helps. There's, you know, anyone who's had extreme vomiting, don't mention ginger or crackers, but this explains why. And just like you said, if you can get this 
going early in the pregnancy, I've just seen over and over and over, it's going to prevent exacerbations from other disease states later on that are out of control that are leading to maternal mortality in the United States. And we're looking at um, how do you get iron? How do you get your other vitamins? So we don't want to have a risk of high bleeding late in that time of delivery. And these are things you can think about through the pregnancy. So now if our mom has made it through that pregnant, if when they make it through the pregnancy, they're ready. And it's a big like societal debate now. When is the right time to deliver that baby? As a doula, we like to say when your body tells you. You know, I that's how we all dream. For a lot of women, that's not uh, you know not possible because of maybe high blood pressure, diabetes, or other disease states. And we want everyone going into this with a positive mind state, healthiest body possible. So now you have the baby, you're going to recover. Postpartum recovery with a newborn is almost a contradiction in terms. You're not going to be sleeping. Your focus is on the baby. What can mom do as an herbalist in a clean environment or through food to recover from labor delivery, nine months of being pregnant, hormone imbalances? You had mentioned earlier stress can increase hormones with hyperemesis. It was published by uh, USC and the Her Foundation, Dr. Melina Fejo, Kimmer McGimmon, that it's the GDF15 gene causing that extreme emesis. Stress increases that. When it's not under control for stress and other reasons, postpartum, that gut's taken such a hit. How do we recover hyperemesis or hopefully a healthy pregnancy and a wonderful labor and delivery to recover that body, get a healthy gut so that mom can be there for that baby, because like I said, you're not sleeping much, right, for a while, and you're probably juggling maybe work, other children, spouses, you want to get your social life back, your your career back in motion. What can that mom do to recover postpartum? Yeah, great question. So uh, first of all, I want to piggyback off the protein. I think that is a nutrient, a macronutrient that we all recognize is necessary, but some people, especially women, don't realize how much protein is adequate. So when, whether it's like we're dealing with hair loss or, you know, wrinkles or pregnancy, this is such a vital source um, for us to make sure that we have in a diet. And I would say it is more difficult for a vegan. And specifically when you're growing a new body inside of you, you need a lot of protein for those uh, all of the nutrients, all the B vitamins we mentioned, a lot of them are in proteins. A lot of them are in animal-based proteins, especially when it's a good quality animal, um, pasture-raised, let's say, grass-fed animal. So I would encourage us to support this kind of great farming practice and really look into the ethics behind these industries before you know making extreme choices and as reconsider at least for pregnancy um, that this could be something your body is missing and also digesting the protein is extremely important so that's where we keep harping on the microbiome and the gut health so optimizing each phase of the digestion and specifically like those bitter foods like i said they help us have the adequate enzymes and acid in order to break down these proteins and absorb them now the other caveat to bitters is there is an herbal contraindication for extreme supreme bitter herbs. So you want to avoid things like gentian, for example, but most people are probably not using that. So as long as it's a food quality source or, you know, a spice 
taken in normal amounts, it wouldn't be a problem. Um, another thing that women should consider during pregnancy is raspberry leaf, just from an herbal perspective, because it has an astringent and tonifying quality for your smooth muscle lining your uterus, which is also helpful for when you are in labor and delivery for the optimal uh, contractions that would help you have a much easier and faster delivery process. So it's something called the partis preparator in herbal terms. And uh, there's a lot of studies on safety as well. And I drank it throughout both pregnancies and was able to have good experiences both times. Now, to answer the question about um, postpartum, I think it's all about managing expectations. So I think the whole process and, you know, just dealing with life and challenges in general, there's a lot of disconnect between like what we think and perceive and like what it actually is. And that's when we can have like negative emotions or negative outcomes. So I think if, if we are aware then we can prepare. And so it's really starts with education. So at each phase of these processes, right? When we're preconception, when we're pregnancy, when we're learning about delivery, we have nine months to prepare for delivery and the kind of labor we would like to have. And again, things, you know, are not always as planned, but the more you do plan for it and kind of have that flexibility to go with it and train yourself to deal with any unexpected challenges with grace, the better your outcomes will be. So um, get a mentor, get a coach, get a doula, get all the support systems and read, um, I think it's called the 40 days book, where it's really about showing you that in different cultures, it's not just, hey, you pop a baby out and you go back to work. It takes a village. It takes a network and a support. It takes you asking all your family and friends to help pitch in with the house, with your husband, with your ki other kids and other things so that you can have that one-on-one -on -one bonding baby time. So before we even get to any herbs, like that's the first thing <laughs> to prevent any sort of like postpartum depression. Um, now my favorite things to mention is you also need nourishment at this phase too and you still want to think about the gut so i love bone broth it's just so easy you can freeze it you can store it um it's easy to get down and this is also something you could do during pregnancy too and it's a huge source of collagen and all these wonderful amino acids for your gut um so this could be just something great to have while you're even in labor, you know, I, I had bone broth after, right after delivery, but you can even have it if you're on a liquid only, right, restriction, you can have bone broth and that's going to give you electrolytes and vitamins to keep you strong during your labor. Um, so this is something you can continue postpartum and it's super healthy. Again, it's more challenging for vegans, but if you look up the company EcoBella, they have a vegan alternative for that. And I'm sure other companies do as well. Um, so, so continue to nourish, continue to have somebody prepare your meals, bring the meals to you in your bedroom while you bond with baby, like just try to set up a system of support. Um, cause your number one job is to take care of yourself and your baby. And if you can't take care of yourself, you won't be able to take care of your baby and your baby needs you. So please take care of yourself. And, uh, from an herbal perspective, I love things like black, um, um, sorry, I'm blanking on the name right now. Um, there's after labor, you have, nobody talks about this. You have cramps. Um, so you have continuous cramps from 
you know, residual of getting the baby out. So I like things like cramp bark. Um, that's one uh, one of the ones that you can take. And instead of taking like ibuprofen, that could be really great. And then the other one's black haw. Um, so I found them extremely useful and you only need to take it for like a day or two um, and you're fine. Um, and then just, just continue to have the raspberry leaf because it's going to help your uterus get back into shape way faster and uh, take care of your pelvic floor as well by either going to your physical therapist or uh, doing all kinds of pelvic floor exercises. And I just learned that, um, I want to say a few years ago, I partnered with a physical therapy of practice here in Las Vegas, and they have a woman there who specializes in pelvic floor um, training, physical therapy for female health, all ages, including pregnancy, including seniors. And on a complete side note, if you're having urinary tract problems, Yes, you need your medication, maybe, maybe not, or your supplements, a lot of herbs we can do to help with urinary tract health. And then there's exercises, even in little ladies, my mom and all her friends, like, wow, I didn't know any of that existed. So thank you for bringing that into this conversation. And that's where you said it takes a village. We are pharmacists are trained in medication therapy. We're trained in preventative care. We're expanding into areas where we become experts like pharmacogenetics and personalized medicine. Maternal health, it's really just fascinating. We are in the United States. We have a lot of silos. We have a lot of specialists. As pharmacists, we bridge that gap, which is what I opened the episode by saying. We are that missing link, that missing key, and we can make those referrals. Hey, you're having recurrent UTIs, especially during pregnancy. It's horrible. It's painful. You don't want to cause other trauma to the to the body. That's something that a, a retail pharmacist could recommend to that patient coming to the counter to pick up medications, right? There's so many resources. And you brought up mental health. My dream is to make sure that no woman is suffering through any point in their pregnancy alone, knowing there is support all around. We are here for you. Reach out to your local pharmacy. If you're in the hospital, if you're in the emergency room, if you're in a labor and delivery triage, your pharmacists there are trained on these medications. And I've met with other pharmacists now that are working in hospitals in the United States, in the labor and delivery or antipartum departments. This better grow because what I've learned is so phenomenal. We do it in the ICU. We do it in PACU. We do it in ER. We need to be up with our pregnant women throughout their pregnancy with that hands-on care. So please, if you have any mental health um, situations happening, reach out, reach out. There is so much support there for you. And uh, we will have in a future episode where we have a mental health pharmacist, how that can help with pregnancy, because obstetricians will say, you know, do what your psychiatrist says. Psychiatrists will say, do what your obstetrician says. And people will just stop medications or scared to take medications. And Marina, you hit the nail on the head. You said we have to take care of mom in order to take care of baby. And herbs have the perfect place for this. Thank you so, so much. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, I think herbs can fill in so many other gaps that I haven't touched on from sleep and stress to things like nervines and adaptogens. There's 
a plethora of them. And there is also safety during pregnancy and postpartum. There's some evidence on that as well. Um, not to mention, you know, thousands of years of use and historical mm -hmm. evidence, but um, there's great resources available if you look for them, if you know who to ask. Um, also, nobody talks about this either, but um, there's a whole healing process too from the birth, the trauma of giving birth. And you can have a sitz bath with herbs or with Epsom salts to help mm -hmm. close any any wounds or if you had an episiotomy um, or a tear or anything like that or a hemorrhoid like all of these things are not really talked about but herbs can be really helpful for those things as well which reminds me to say everything we discussed today is for information and education. Please do talk to your provider for, before making any medical decisions and trying other herbals or supplements. There are a lot of resources. Marina, you are the, I want to say the OG that I know of herbal health and maternal health care. We're going to have in the show notes where to find you. Please share this episode with your friends, your colleagues, give us a good rating. And um, we are all, we are all the village here to support pregnancy and just really improve. We can only improve these maternal morbidity and mortality rates. Marina, is there anything you'd like to, you have a couple of programs going on right, right now to help? Yeah. So I specialize in herbal education for professionals, and I am probably going to be running some programs soon with weight loss and maybe also getting involved in more maternal care stuff because that is my passion as well. So please share this with a friend. Let us know what other questions you have, and uh, we'll be sure to get back to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs>